time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hi again, everyone. I'm Chuck Neff. Thank you for joining us on The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction coming to you every weekday to help you know you're not alone on your journey of faith. And today we're going to talk about the virtue of charity. The Catechism tells us that charity is the theological virtue by which we love God above all things for his own sake and our neighbor as ourselves, all for the love of God. Charity is uh, really all about love and reaching out to others in need. But in our core world of isolation. Being charitable might be a bit challenging these days, so how are you being charitable, and how and where is God calling you to live a life of charity right now, right where you are? Well, we're going to talk about that today, here to help us on the journey. Back with us once again, much too long since Father Tim Monahan has been with us. Father Tim is a priest in the Archdiocese of Chicago, Director of Vocations. Father Tim Monahan, welcome back. Great to have you back on the program today. Thank you very much, Chuck. Good to be back. Yeah, looking forward to it. Talking about charity today, as we uh, do every day, uh, we'll open up our phone lines, inviting you uh, in our listening audience to join us. And we uh, hope uh, some of you will say yes to the invitation and join in the conversation today. But uh, Father Tim, get us started talking about this uh, virtue of charity and just give us an overview. Uh, just a very general question. What is charity? Well, thank you, Chuck. Charity, the, the catechism... I, would uh, direct any of our listeners just to spend some time with the catechism. The catechism is so well written, and it, it is, for anyone who has a little bit of education, it's, it's reasonably easy to get into. You just take some time. There's some density to it, but you can get into it, and it will really help you. So there's a wonderful section on the virtues, and the catechism talks about the human virtues. That's where we have to work hard at being patient and just and temperate and courageous. But then it talks about the theological virtues. And the, the big difference they, the catechism distinguishes is the human virtues, that's our effort. We have to work at acquiring them, and it's hard, but it's worth it because it makes being a virtuous person easier. Whereas the theological virtues, they're gifts. They're infused by God into our souls at baptism, strengthen and confirmation, always strengthen whenever we receive a sacrament. And the big thing about the theological virtues is they're adapting us to participate in the divine nature. That's a quote from the letter to, uh, that Peter wrote, that we are partakers in the divine nature. And so these are gifts that God gives us in order to participate in his nature. And St. Paul's great hymn to charity, he, he mentions faith, hope, and love, or charity. So what is charity? Charity specifically is the virtue by which we love God above all things for his own sake. I think of St. Teresa of Avila, the great one who said, we love the giver of all good things for himself, not just for his gifts. So charity is loving God above all things for his own sake, but then loving our neighbor as ourselves for the love of God. And another, another place I would, obviously 1 Corinthians 13 is a big one to read, but also we think of John, St. John chapters 14, 15, 16, 17, mm. all those, that really 13 through 17, because that's where Jesus keeps saying, 
you, you have to, this is the new commandment I give you, to love one another. Well, talk about that a little bit more, because when you bring up the Gospel of uh, John and those chapters in particular, they're just uh, have, uh, honestly have meant so much to me in my own uh, journey of faith. But I'm always so taken, um, love one another is my commandment. John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, I always like to refer to this as uh, kind of the, the final instructions, because uh, this is the Last Supper discourse. And um, I always look at it, he's trying one more time to make sure that this rowdy group of guys who have said yes to follow him get it right. And so he's really pointing out the importance of love and charity in this, isn't he? Absolutely. And, and what I, again, I, I love to put that in the perspective of 1 Corinthians 13 that St. Paul wrote because he says, without love, without charity, I am nothing. I can do, even if I do the great, I can move mountains, I can do all these great things, but if I have not love, I am not, I gain nothing. And so Jesus, again, in those final instructions, those, and those are, those are chapters that we have to sit with. We have to sit with in silence. We have to ruminate upon them. We have to let them wash over us, as one of our Chicago priests says very eloquently. So it's very important for us to spend time with that because Jesus, at the end of his life, was focusing on the absolute essential. We, we're all sinners. We have all sorts of imperfections. But for us to focus on being, chari- being charitable. And even that expression can be difficult in English because people say, oh, I have to give money. Well, no, no, no. I mean, you should. Mm-hmm. But being charitable, it's I need to live according to the model of Jesus Christ who poured himself out. He gave himself to his friends and even to his enemies, asking the Father to forgive them, teaching, preaching, always giving of himself, of his time, and of his heart. So it's it's so important for us to to always look at the example of Jesus and then to say, okay, Lord, help me because I can't do this on my own. I need this gift that you have given me of charity in my heart so I can live according to your model. Father Tim Monahan is our spiritual director talking about uh, the virtue of charity today. Let's open up our phone lines, inviting you and our listening audience uh, to join us. And uh, toll-free phone number, 888-914-9149. Don't forget, you can email us, interlife at relevantradio.com. But as we talk about uh, charity, what has been your experience of charity in uh, that time, perhaps in uh, your journey of faith, um, when you went out of your way to be charitable? And then when was someone charitable? to you, and how did that impact your faith? Certainly, if you have any questions about charity, we invite you to join us again. Toll-free phone number, 888-914-9149. And Father Tim, can you, I want to get into Corinthians too, because I just think it's such a great image for us, but can you go back and talk a little bit more about uh, this whole idea of charity being a gift, and that it's infused into our hearts? I'm so taken with that reality, because sometimes I, I, I wonder if that's really true. But I think um, if we really jump into that and really sit with that, to use uh, your phrase there, um, to recognize that that this is a gift we already have and we just have to use it, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's uh, St. Paul in Romans 5, he says, the, the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And so it's very important for us. We have to resist and, and this is kind of technical church talk, but we talk about the Pelagianism of the church, which is saying, I can save myself. If I work really hard, I can earn God's love and I can earn salvation. But that's a heresy. 
And, and as Americans, we often get into, we kind of fall into this trap of, okay, I'm, I'm le- learning things about the faith, so automatically I just have to work really hard at it. Now, of course, we have to work at it. That it, God will not save us without our own effort. But we have to think of it more within the framework of cooperating with God's grace, and he's the one who's doing the work. So he's, giving, he's infusing this gift into our hearts. If we want to let that gift lie dormant, then okay, we can let it there and let it lie dormant. But if we want it to be activated, if we want to cooperate with what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in our lives, then that's the yes that we need to give. And the Lord is so patient. He is so kind to us. He's so generous. So it, it's so important for us to have that perspective of, I have a Father who loves me unconditionally. He's given me this gift in my heart, these three gifts of faith, hope, and charity. And if I just keep saying yes to him, he will always find a way for, for me to cooperate with him. But again, he's the one who's doing the work in and through me because he sent the Holy Spirit to me and he gave me Jesus as an example. All I have to do is cooperate to the best of my ability and keep saying yes. Well, and we use the word work, and I just am so taken with that, and even the way you're using it today. I mean, we think of work, and we think it's difficult. We think it's hard. Yeah, it can be. But when we talk about uh, working at the virtues, uh, the fruits of that are so worthwhile, aren't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. We, again, I, I love to talk to parents about this with their children because, we, you know, we see the children and we were all children once and our parents asked us to take out the trash or wash the dishes or help with the laundry or watch our little sibling and as kids we're we just tend to be selfish and we're we want to we want time for ourselves we want to watch our uh, movies or shows we want to read our books or whatever play sports but we see that fundamental selfishness of the child and how the child has to be educated in the life of the family look kid if you're part of this family you got to help out And the more you do it, the easier it gets. And then it even becomes a joy. You're realizing, wow, I get to help out my parents in this task of of living together, and I get to spend time with my siblings. And so I think the family model and understanding virtue is very important because loving parents, when they're patient with their children, they watch their children little by little, assume more of a role within the family. It's the same thing in God's family. We, as God's children, we start out very selfish. We start out very self-focused. And God wants us to step up, and we don't really want to because we're, we're, we're like, hey, I, don't, I want to do my own thing. But as we continue to say yes to God, the virtues in and of themselves, just cooperating with God's grace is its own reward. So as I believe in him, as I hope in him, as I trust him, as I love him, I start to realize, wow, this, this feels better. I'm living a better life when I'm doing this. And as I, as I practice the human virtues. So all these things, the more I do them, the easier they get, and the better I am as a person, again, not just thanks to myself, thanks to God's grace working in and through me, but with which I am cooperating. Father Tim Monahan, Vocations Director in the Archdiocese of Chicago, our Spiritual Director, if you're just joining us on the program today, talking about charity today. Phone lines are open if you'd like to uh, join us. And your experience of of charity, uh, what does uh, that look like in your life? And uh, certainly as we deal with the uh, pandemic, what does charity look like in your life? When has someone been charitable to you? We'd love to hear the story again if you'd like to join us. 888-914-9149. So, Father Tim, when we talk about but, uh, charity and being charitable, what might a life of charity look like? 
Chuck, that's why our friends, the saints, are so important. And I would say we have to be careful about which saints we look at because sometimes I know for myself if I read the wrong, in a certain sense, the wrong lives of saints, they're, they're so incredible and so heroic that I just get discouraged and say, oh, I can't live like that. So it's important for me as I'm reading the saints, if I get a good biography, they point out the weaknesses, the sinfulness, the, the ups and downs that these saints had, but they also point out the joy. They point out the attractiveness that this saint lived. So that, what, that's very important for us as we are talking about the virtues to say, if I want to live a life that is animated by charity, that is animated by this love of God that is important to my heart, then I need to look around in my own life, and maybe it's a member of my family. Maybe it's my mom, maybe it's my grandparents, maybe it's a godfather, a godmother, a teacher, a priest, a religious. But when I see somebody who is, and sometimes they're not even aware of it, but I see somebody who's animated by this virtue of charity, and I just want to talk to them. I want to be around them. There's Again, there's something that draws me to them in a very beautiful way, and it's not just for their own sake, because they are they're reflecting forth the love of God and His goodness. So there's, I, I'd like to underline that aspect of the virtue of charity, because, again, we, when we talk about the work of the virtues, yes, it is, it is work at times, and it doesn't always feel good, but the more we do it, the easier it gets, and the easier it gets, the more it radiates forth in a, just kind of in a natural or a supernatural way, so that the, the person herself or himself isn't even aware of it, and yet it's so attractive. Think of all those who are listening to Jesus or watching him uh, walk through Galilee or Judea or preach or work miracles. They just were drawn to him because he was the love of God incarnate in the flesh. In the same way, that's what Jesus wants in each of our little areas of life. And when he says to us, you have to be salt and light. Those are things that change their surroundings. So by living this virtue of charity, we're able to draw people to ourselves for God, and we do it in a way that is attractive. Well, and then, Father Tim, make the point, if you would, because I certainly think about charity, and suddenly my mind goes to uh, doing something downtown with the homeless. And sometimes, uh, for me at least, and I'm sure I'm speaking for a few more than a few people, we think about uh, the virtue of charity, and we're thinking about something way out there, something that's maybe on the other side of town or in another part of the world. And um, But it's really right in front of us, isn't it? I mean, I'm sitting here thinking this morning, my wife Judy mentioned two friends this morning that I haven't heard from for a while, and I think I want to be charitable and just reach out to them and send them an email today to see how they're doing. But is it it's something sometimes as simple as that right in front of us. Absolutely. St. Ignatius has a very good point. He says, we like to dream about heroic deeds that are far away from us, but we're basically, we've moved from reality into fantasy because we can dream about how wonderful that would be and all the acclaim that we would receive or how good it would feel, but we'll never do it because it's, it's in a realm of fantasy. So I can dream about being a, a foreign missionary going off and trying to evangelize the world and That'd be wonderful, I, the, but God hasn't called me that. He's asked me to be vocation director right here in Chicago, and he's called each of us into the reality of our daily lives. So it's from that reality of our daily life that we have to discern, okay, it might not be as, a, it might not be as enticing in, to my imagination, but today, what are the concrete acts of charity that I can perform? And check, that's an excellent example. 
especially during this pandemic. Are there people I haven't heard from in a while that I could reach out to just to check on them and see how they're doing? Could I spend, especially we think of those who maybe are more prone to isolation or are vulnerable to being closed in on themselves who are suffering, can I reach out to them? Can I call them? Can I send them a care package? Could I go and just check on a neighbor and rake their leaves or help them out, see if they need any help with anything? Can I, could I spend any time spent in prayer is an act of charity. So sometimes we can get so wrapped up in the news cycle or we can get wrapped up in our own little projects that we neglect prayer. So is this a time where I can beef up my time dedicated to God? That's a beautiful act of charity. And Pope Francis does underline, it, it is so important for us to come face to face with human suffering. So again, whether that's downtown, going to a soup kitchen, whether that's going to some Franciscan mission or helping with the missionaries of charity, or even again, in our local town, is there somebody I know who's really suffering? And again, it's it's tricky because of the pandemic, but finding a way to connect with that human suffering because that opens my heart, because of this virtue of charity, it opens my heart to compassion, to understanding what the other one is going through, and then really praying for them and finding ways to help them. So there, mm. the biggest thing is just in that peaceful time of prayer, asking our Lord, Lord, how can I be charitable today in the reality in which you've placed me? So that we're not just dreaming about being charitable, but that we're moving from prayer into action where it's possible in my daily life. We are talking today about charity. What's uh, been your experience of charity? That time in your life when you went out of your way to be charitable. And then the other part of the question, when has someone been charitable to you? And how did that impact your faith? Father Tim Monahan is our spiritual director. If you'd like to join us, toll-free phone number 888-914-9149. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. is today's gospel reading from the New American Bible. Luke, chapter 21, verses 5 through 11. While some people were speaking about how the temple was adorned with costly stones and votive offerings, Jesus said, All that you see here, the days will come when there will not be left a stone upon another stone that will not be thrown down. Then they asked him, Teacher, when will this happen, and what sign will there be when all these things are about to happen? He answered, See that you not be deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time has come. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for such things must happen first, but it will not immediately be the end. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be powerful earthquakes, famines, and plagues from place to place, and awesome sights and mighty signs will come from the sky. You can find all the daily readings at relevantradio.com gospel, or tap the prayer tab on the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio Studio Line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at relevantradio.com slash forester. 
If you're looking for a little help on your journey of faith, our priests are here for you. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. Or email us, innerlife@relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back, everyone. Good to have you with us on the program today. Chuck Neff, along with our producer, Nick Schmitz, Jim Shaper, answering your phone calls today, and Father Tim Monahan, our spiritual director. Father Tim is the director of vocations uh, in the Archdiocese of Chicago, and we're talking today about uh, charity. Phone lines are open if you would like to join us, so we'd love to hear your story, your experience of charity, that time in your life when you went out of your way to be charitable to someone else, and then the other part of the question, when was someone charitable to you, and how did that impact uh, your journey of faith? Toll free if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149, our email address, life at relevantradio.com. So, Father Tim, talk a little bit, if you would, about your work as a director of vocations. I'm, I'm going to presume that you see charity playing out, but how do you see the virtue of charity playing out in the lives of the young men and women that um, who across your path? as Director of Vocations? So in my work, I, I really am working with really, let's say, 7th, 8th grade, so 13-year-olds up to about 40. So these are people, and I, I work especially, we have in Chicago, we're fortunate, we have a Chicago Area Vocations Association called CABA, and they work with a lot of the men who are thinking about religious life or the women who are thinking about religious life. So I'm able to focus more specifically on those who are discerning the guys who are discerning deaths and priesthood. So I work with that kind of 12, 13-year-old all the way up to 40, and it's, it's an incredible gift to have this as my ministry. I'm very grateful to the Cardinal for entrusting it to me and to my team. And what I see is the Lord is doing something. He's placed a seed, he's placed a call, and these, these men are hearing this. And so they contact me and they say, all right, this is what's happening. And just, first of all, just to listen and to hear what God is doing in their lives. But then, specifically within this context of the virtue of charity, to invite them to take that next step along the path of discernment by, by deepening that connection with God by exercising that virtue of charity. So I'll ask them, all right, well, let's get a plan of life where we can structure your time of prayer so you're able to spend time every single day in prayer, every single day reading the scriptures, you're able to get involved in your local parish, whether like right now with the pandemic, spending time cleaning, preparing, welcoming people, lecturing, helping, helping the, the priest, the pastor with anything else that he needs, teaching catechism, even, even if it's over Zoom or however else. But the big thing is inviting them, and then we also do, sometimes we've done pilgrimages, we've also done time to work with the poor here in Chicago, but all of those are aimed at inviting these guys into the life uh, that I lead as a priest and that because it's in experiencing it that they can take that next step in discernment and say, wow, this is something I really want to be living and it'd be such a gift if I could do this all the time. Or they see, you know what, this is wonderful, but it's just not for me. The Lord isn't calling me to this. So it's similar to what I was saying before. It's important for us to move from our kind of our imagination or our fantasy into the reality of experiencing God's love and God's working in me in my daily life so that I can understand and discern what his will is for me. 
Yeah, and then Father Tim, I always go to uh, parents when we get in uh, to talking about uh, vocations and uh, young men and women. But do you see uh, the moms and dads being charitable in in basically saying this is God's plan? This is I know what I'd like for our for my son or my daughter um, in some instances, but this is really God's plan. And is there an element of charity in just letting God work in the lives of their of their sons? It, it's Chuck. It goes over the whole the whole range. I've seen heroic parents who really have they have what's best in mind for their their son. They ask very good questions because, unfortunately, the church in many ways has lost credibility because of the crisis. And so, it is important for parents. They're they're afraid, and so they ask some very good questions. I try and build up that relationship of trust. They're able to visit our college seminary up in Minnesota or our major seminary at Mundelein, or our our spirituality here downtown. They get to know me. They get to know the other seminarians and priests. So there are parents who, I would say, most parents I meet struggle with fear. They're afraid of letting their son take this step. And we have a parent support group. We have a parent prayer group of those who are parents of current seminarians. And that group has been very important in helping parents because it gives them a space in which they can just speak with great honesty. And and we've had everything from parents saying, I was thrilled, thrilled that my son was called to the priesthood, to parents saying, I cried when he told me he wanted to be a priest. So there's a whole range of emotions, of reactions, of we have parents that are daily communicants. We have parents who are barely, maybe they're going to Christmas and Easter Mass. So there's, again, a wide range of family situations that we see. But if there are any parents that are listening, I just would encourage them to be, just to trust. Jesus was sent by the Father to serve and to give his life. If your son is being called to be a priest, he also is being called to serve and to give his life, but he does so with great joy. Living this life of charity that God has poured into his heart, it's an incredible joy. I, I've been on this road for 20 years now, and I absolutely love it. And it was a struggle within my own family. My dad had his questions about it. My mom had her questions. They're thrilled that I'm a priest now, but it was a process that we had to go through. And I would say here in Chicago, we're a huge, we're the third largest archdiocese. We have some great priests. We have great parishes. We have great schools. But we need priests, and we need parents to be generous and to encourage their sons and their daughters who are thinking about religious life to say, have you ever thought about being a priest? And if you have thought about being a priest... I will support you in this, even if I don't understand it, even if it makes me afraid. I will trust because Jesus will take care of our family. And that generosity shown by a family will always be blessed and redoubled in generosity from God to you as a family. Yeah. Father Tim Monahan, our spiritual director, talking about charity today. Let's uh, take some phone calls and let's start with Patrick. Listening in Bordentown, New Jersey. Hi, Patrick. Thanks for the call. Welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to make this uh, long story kind of short. Um, this has gone years back. I was working in a um, um, city area where a lot of homeless uh, people were around the stores I would go into, and uh, I'm an exterminator. And um, there's this one gentleman. He's in his 30s. He would just always kind of catch my attention. He always looked so down and dirty clothes and just, just, you know, and I would always catch this, you know, eye to eye and I would just say little things like, you know, just like simple as like, 
Jesus loves you or you don't realize how much God loves you. And so we started talking here and there, and I found out that he's a fallen away Catholic, drug uh, drug addict, and, um, you know, divorced, homeless. And um, the more I talked to him, I would want to, you know, push. I think God was tugging at my heart, and I would want to push more and more and do more for him. So over time, I would uh, bring him some clothes by. I'd bring him some, you know, get him, take him, take him in my car, drive him, get him something to eat real quick, um, spend a little time with him. Over time, you know, he, I called him, you know, he was, turned out to be a friend over time. Like we would, you know, spend, you know, time, a couple hours here and there. And then it turns out he, he, uh, he gets heart failure and he was, uh, they put him in a, a coma for, for a while. So, uh, he survived that, and then for the first time in 15 years, I took him to confession, and then he put himself into a rehab. So that, that's just, that's my kind of, uh, and that's my story. Patrick, that is amazing. Thank you very much for sharing that. And what I love about your story and what you're sharing with us is the relationship that you built up with this man, because... It's, it can be very intimidating for us or off-putting for us to see somebody who is in that shape, who's a drug addict or who's dirty and kind of down. But the fact that little by little, you develop this relationship with them and that, as you said, it, it was called forth from your own heart to be loving towards him and that you, you did that in small ways and in big ways. And, of course, the biggest gift of all, that charity that you were able to get to him, is the fact that he was able to go to confession and have his sins forgiven and then enter into rehab. That's an incredible story, and I really appreciate that you shared that and that most of all that you did it. Yeah, Patrick, great story. I'm curious if you don't mind uh, walking us back into the first time you saw him and uh, began to reach out to him. Uh, Father Tim mentioned earlier on uh, about fear. Was there some fear in you that maybe you didn't want to do this, uh, maybe didn't want to get too close, but you did anyway? I was, I was definitely, yeah, I was definitely afraid. Um, and, you know, the, the more I kind of pushed myself, I was like, you know, I kind of just was thinking about how, um, how Moses was not good at speaking. And I was like, I'm not good at speaking, but you know what? If I just start trying to talk and say something, like I could, uh, I, I know something good will come out. You know, the Holy Spirit will inspire me to say something right. And, and he would always say, you know, every time he's going to talk to me, I, I like, I see a light, and, I, and it kind of draws him back to when he was a Catholic. So it was like I just happened to meet this this guy that was a fallen away Catholic. You know, it, it was frightening. Yeah. Well, well, you know, and God bless you. Do you. Are you still in touch with him? How's he doing today? Um, <clears throat> I I do not. I haven't talked to him. I, I know he was uh, in the rehab again. Um. But I haven't talked to him recently. I do. I do have his number, and I was actually just thinking about it recently to try to contact him um, again and see how he's doing. Um, but no, I haven't talked to him recently. Yeah. Okay. Well, Patrick, it's a great story. So grateful you called in today. Father Tim, we hear that story. What a great lesson for all of us. And back to your point earlier, and even to what Patrick is saying in terms of, I think sometimes uh, the fear in us just says, oh, I can't do that, or I don't know how to do that, or is the Lord really calling me to reach out and be charitable, to love someone who crosses our path? But fear can um, hold us back in so many ways, can it? 
Absolutely. Fear is very much, we think of Matthew 14 of Peter walking on the water and that fear that caused him to sink, but the faith that allowed him to walk on the water because he kept his eyes on Jesus. And Patrick, again, very proud of you for just finding those little ways. You know, you wouldn't have taken him to confession right away, but you just built up that relationship, that looking at him, giving him a smile, saying hello, learning his name, uh, encouraging him, spending some time talking, then, then building up and getting him some food, bringing him some clothes. So there was a great progression there in the way in which little by little you were able to overcome fear by your faith and by that, and by that love working through faith in order to reach this friend of yours. So I think it's very important for us, even when we are afraid, just don't, don't do nothing. If we're afraid, just try anything. Say a little prayer. Do, make some step towards what we think we can do, and the Lord will always work with that. Yeah. Indeed. Patrick, thanks again. Good to have you on the program. Let's take another phone call in Brooklyn, New York. Christopher listening there. Hi and welcome. Uh, thanks uh, for the call, and good to have you on the program today. Hi, good day to you guys as well. Thank you very much. Um, I thank you for the opportunity to, uh, you know, to uh, share with you my experience. Earlier in the week, well, first, like you guys said, you know, give an example of someone being charitable to you, and I can tell you in so many ways if I took the time to remember. It, God has been very great to me that way. Uh, I have a neighbor upstairs who loves to give me leftover food, and I tell her all the time, listen, don't, don't throw food away. If you know it's good, you know, just bring it downstairs to me. And, and she's very charitable that way, and I thank the Lord because I kind of play chop with myself. I, I take it in, and I say, what can I make out of this? And I make something even bigger and better for, for myself with it. But as far as being charitable, I'm so grateful for the show today because earlier in the week, I was watching a Mass on television, and, and the priest was giving a sermon. I just happened to catch it in the middle of his sermon, and he kept saying, I don't see the charity that people talk about <clears throat> with Catholics these days. And I kept thinking, he's going to talk about money. Oh, I was like, boy, this is going to be bad. He's going to talk about money. And he didn't. To cut to the chase, he just started to read off a litany of things that are uncharitable, like licentiousness, gossip, talking about people. And I thought right away about all the stuff I see on social media, and I said, wow, I really need to go to confession, because there are so many ways that we're not being charitable. It's a lot simpler than you think. So, you know, just by only, you know, what's the old saying Grandma used to have? Uh, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. You know, you, you could be charitable just by calling someone for their birthday or saying something nice about someone or not saying something bad about someone. So... Uh, real quick, I went to the Catholic Catechism, looked up a few things, and it took me right to a passage where Jesus says, the le what you've done to the least of my brothers, you've done to me. And that's when I really realized the heart of charity. You're doing it to Christ. Whatever you do, and you offer your time, or you offer food, or you offer money, or you offer anything, you're doing it for Jesus, whether you know it or not. You know, you're doing it to Jesus, you're doing it for Jesus. And so... That's what I would like to say, is that it's a lot easier to be charitable than you think. Sometimes it's what you don't do either, you know, by not doing something, uh, if you know what I mean about this social media stuff. I mean, I think that was the biggest way. So, um, you know, thank you for letting me, you know, give out my my explanation. Yeah. Christopher, that's a wonderful, uh, an excellent point, especially in today's uh, context. And have you have you had a chance to practice that a little bit? And if so, 
what, how have you felt? And I, I really liked your point about with social media, practicing charity through what we don't say or write. And I just want to know, have you had a chance to practice that? And if so, how has that felt? Yeah, the first thing I did was I went all the way back to January 1st on my uh, Facebook page, and I cleaned up anything as far as names and, you know, uh, derogatory things to say about politicians and, and anything that I just thought was personable and not nice to say to anyone. And, you know, I would ask myself, is this what Jesus want me to do? Is this charitable? And I would I'd delete it. Just I deleted it all the way back to January 1st as a good start. The other thing I did also was I notified, you know, the people in my family, my brothers and sisters, my father, and I said, listen, what we're doing is not good. I mean, we think it's great, but the election's over, and now it's now it's just focus on, on the holiday season and what Jesus would want us to do and, you know, the right things to do and to be charitable. And, to, you know, and chari- I can't explain how close it's got to be to love. If you're being charitable, you're loving, vice versa, you know. So that what I did was I took the steps to kind of clean up my act because when I went to confession, I just told the priest, I said, listen, I think I'm being a good neighbor sometimes, but you know what? I can always do better. And I think that's what we got to do as Catholics. You know, it's not enough to to think you're doing enough. You can always do better. You know, I I hope that answers your question, but that's what I've been doing. And I hope it's it's a good thing that that's what I've been doing. Christopher, I just want to applaud you. And it's it's similar to what you were saying. You You were saying earlier, charity doesn't have to be complicated. It can be something simple right in front of you. Each and every person Mm -hmm. can apply can reach out to their family members and encourage them, hey, let's let's focus on Jesus' example as we prepare for Christmas. We're ready to be in Advent. Let's focus on his example. Let's focus on something constructive instead of destructive. Because I can I can basically be destroying the people around me because of gossip, because of anger, because of everything that I'm putting forth from my mouth or on my words, but it's destroying people's hope and it's destroying their mood or their emotional state. Whereas Christopher, you've chosen to go back through your own uh, Facebook feed and and make a concrete act of saying, God, I want this to be under your domain. I want to clean this up for you to give a good example, and I'm even going to reach out to my siblings and my family. I thought that was excellent, and just want to encourage you to continue to do so, because as you do that, there will be a joy and a peace that comes from following Jesus' own example. Christopher, uh, thanks uh, for the call. It's uh, good to have you on the program today. Father Tim Monahan is our spiritual director. Talking about charity, what's been your experience of charity? That time in your life, um, maybe when you went out of your way to be charitable. Of course, the other part of the question, when was someone charitable to you? We'd love to hear the story. If you'd like to join us, toll-free phone number 888-914-9149. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and The Relevant Radio app. We'll be right back. The Relevant Radio Studio line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at relevantradio.com slash forester. Part of the program, you can listen to this show and any of your favorites on the Relevant Radio app or online at relevantradio.com. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. 
Thanks for joining us, Father Tim Monahan, our spiritual director. Father Tim, a priest in the Archdiocese of Chicago, director of vocations uh, there in the Archdiocese, uh, talking today about uh, the virtue of charity. Phone lines are open. A little bit of time left if uh, you'd like to join us on the program. Your experience of charity, uh, that time uh, when uh, maybe somebody went out of their way to be charitable to you, and um, maybe that time when someone was, uh, uh, you were charitable to somebody else as well. Certainly, if you have any questions about charity, we invite you to join us. And again, toll-free phone number 888-914-9149. Just a real quick reminder, Advent starts next Sunday, and we have a simple way for you to grow in your faith. During the Advent season, we invite you to sign up to receive Father Rocky's Inspirations. These are short daily audio reflections designed to help you delve into the beauty of the Advent season. Uh, these reflections will be emailed to you each morning throughout the Advent season. They'll help you start your day, maybe with a smile certainly give you something to ponder throughout the day and you can sign up by going to uh, the relevant radio website relevantradio.com slash advent or click on the banner on the relevant radio app father rocky's advent inspirations so father tim let's uh, head back to the phones and karen listening in bakersfield california hi karen thank you for waiting good to have you on the program today i had a i had a question about my son being charitable um he's been a homeless heroin addict for over 10 years and he's 30 years old now and with the covid and i know he's gonna not make live much longer what is my terrible contribution to his funeral do i if even possible do i ask people to come from out of town and do celebrate his life that he hasn't wanted to be a part of because we've seen him every now and again and he says this is what he wants to do so i just don't know what my obligation is to him and and to, you know so his soul may rest in peace when time comes oh gosh i'm so sorry karen and i thank you for calling in and that's a that's such a heavy situation. I know so many of our families that struggle with addiction and how, just, again, destructive that is for the family and how it feels like we've lost somebody even though they're still alive. But I I guess I would encourage you, as this is unfolding, hopefully you have a priest in your area that you can talk to as it unfolds because there are going to be many other things that are going to be coming up. But I, what I would just say right now is, within your own prayer, um, just to find a way to honor and to beg God for his mercy upon your son so that you can have a Catholic Mass for him. And I think it would be, again, depending on the timing of it and the situation with COVID, it would be very beautiful to invite people, if your son passes, to invite people to the, the Catholic Mass and to say, I'm inviting you because... He had a very troubled life, but what we're doing right now is we're entrusting him to God's mercy. So the, the charitable act that you would be doing, because ultimately this charity that we're talking about is I'm loving the other person for the sake of God. And so the best the thing that your son needs most right now, and he, he sounds like he's in a lot of darkness, is to be able to say, I'm going to, the only one who can reach you right now is God. And so... I'm going to beg others to pray for him. I'm going to beg others even to come if, if and when he dies 
to come and celebrate this funeral mass for him because God, will, again, he will never be outdone in generosity. And so if you're able to provide, even in a very simple way, for, for a funeral, and I don't know what your financial situation is, but a lot of times I've worked with funeral homes who were able to do something extremely simple and keep the costs down. But just to be able to, to give your son a, a worthy burial, and again, within the perspective of hope and trust to say, there's been a lot of pain here, there's been a lot of suffering, but we're entrusting him and his soul to God and to give thanks for the good things that you were able to share with him. Mm-hmm. And, and Karen, just to be clear, I mean, is he sick enough that you think that he might be close to death? Oh, he sh- probably should have died years ago. He's just, you know, it's, he's been a heavy user for eight years on the streets even. So mm-hmm. it's a miracle that he's still alive. Yeah, and so, did, I, did I understand also... Yeah, did I understand that that you said you said you do see him on a regular basis? Is that correct? Uh, on a on occasion, uh, he's in my hometown, and I, we kind of know where he hangs out, and we look for him every now and again. And sometimes we'll find it, we'll see him, and he'll come and talk to us. But he just says he's not ready, and and he doesn't want to give up the drugs. Mm-hmm. So I I, yeah. I Sorry, continue, Karen. I just didn't know. Uh, I know he needs to, you know, have a service. He probably won't get his last rites or anything, but, uh, you know, a confession. It's been a long time, but. And I didn't you know, know whether, you know, I was worried about people coming and spending the time, but I'm sure the way you put it, it would be good for Jack. Yeah, and again, I think. What's very beautiful is that the church teaches with the sacraments, we know that God's power works through the sacraments, but God is not limited by the sacraments. And so I, I, want, I just want to offer you that as a consolation to say, God is all-powerful, and he loves your son even more than you do, and he will find a way. So just say, Father, please find a way to prepare my son for meeting you. Find a way in your mercy to reach out to him, to forgive his sins, to, to bring him the healing in his soul that he needs. Even if your son isn't ready to receive the sacraments, God's power can still reach him. And that's where your mother's prayers and your mother's tears are so important. And also, and I know it, re- it requires humility because this has been a very long and painful journey for you over these past eight years. But if and when your son dies, to have that humility to, to reach out to people and to say, you know what, his his earthly journey has finished now, but we, we are still in hope, and we, we're doing this to entrust him to God's mercy, to pray for the repose of his soul, that we would be able to meet together in heaven. That makes, I'm so glad I got through. This has been on my mind for a long time. Yeah. Well, Karen, we're glad you got through as well. Thank you for calling in today. You know, Father Tim, we hear this uh, story of this uh, loving mother, and you talk about charity, just uh, knowing where her son is, addicted to the drugs, and, uh, you know, obviously um, in the dark, to use uh, that image again. But uh, what an incredible act of charity to keep praying, to keep reaching out, to keep uh, showing up, to to let him know that uh, she, she is still there. That's... That's just such a beautiful image for us, isn't it? 
Oh, exactly. It really is the image of God with humanity and even with the church with humanity. We see that God never gives up on us, and it's heavy, and it's something that we struggle with, but God never gives up on us, and he has given us the church, his family, so that there's always a home for every single one of us, no matter what darkness we're in, no matter how far we are. And Karen, I'm again, I'm very proud of you for persevering in your faith because trials like this oftentimes will break people's faith, and they will get very angry at God, and they'll blame God for this. And again, addiction is, is a terrible reality for any family to have to suffer. But just to, to remain in that perspective of humility, of hope, and the fact that your charity can be expressed through your prayers, through reaching out to your son whenever it's appropriate, just to check in on him, and ultimately to help him uh, with a worthy funeral, that those are all beautiful ways to love him, even when he's not ready to accept the responsibility for his own life because of the illness and because of everything else that is happening. Yeah. Well, and then Father Tim, we hear a beautiful story like uh, Karen, just in terms of her her love for uh, this uh, wayward son of hers. And just, uh, you know, we never know how our little light, our little ray of light may just flash into the darkness of this young man and make a difference down the road. We don't know that, do we? No, absolutely not. And that's why we, our God is a God of surprises, and we entrust the future to him. The only thing we're responsible for is the present moment. So we try and live in that present moment, again, within the perspective of trust. Because for any of our listeners, you can look it up online. There's a novena of surrender that is just a beautiful prayer. And Karen, I would really recommend that novena of surrender that you can look up. And it, it's basically a meditation upon that part of the Our Father that says, Thy will be done. And yeah. it's just a, it's beautifully written. And to be able to say, you know what, I surrender all this to you, Jesus, take care of everything because you're all powerful and you can do it. And I, and I know that you don't want me to live in fear and burdened down by worry. So yeah. I think for all of us, it's so important for us to have that perspective of hope and trust that God's love will conquer. Yeah, and let me mention real quick, uh, Father Tim, we actually did the program this past Monday on the Surrender Novena with uh, Father Daniel Schuster, and I have that in a file. If any, Karen, if you want that, email me, innerlife at relevantradio.com. I will forward that to you. You can also do a Google search for the Surrender Novena. And uh, anybody else that wants that, I'm happy to uh, send it to you as well, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Dot com. Father Tim Monahan, we have to wrap things up. I've got about 10 seconds for a final blessing for all of our listeners. Through the Immaculate Heart of Mary and through the Vietnamese martyrs, may Almighty God bless you and keep you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Tim Monahan, a pleasure to have you back on the program. Thanks for joining us today. Mass is next, and we're back tomorrow. Hope to see you then.